The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. You guys, welcome. I am so pumped about today's show. This is, it sure is a beautiful day. You're beautiful. Life is beautiful. And how would you feel about becoming the happiest person you know? Like really happy. Not like I'm going to smile today even though I don't feel like it happy, but like really come to know a peaceful existence full of joy Well, I got to tell you, I learned so much from the conversation you are about to hear with teacher, speaker, best-selling author, spiritual guru, Gabby Bernstein. She is the real deal, you guys. And if you aren't following her on Instagram or maybe you're not familiar with her teachings, she's phenomenal. She's dropping her ninth book. It's called happy days. It is out now, hot off the press, and I just encourage you to listen, listen to all of her many shares today and stay tuned, stay through the whole show because nearing the end, I mean, things get pretty emotional. She ends up in tears. I start to cry like this is powerful stuff. Really, really beautiful and what this show is all about. So I encourage you to listen to the whole show, share the show, tag me on social media, tag ABD with Kat. And as always, I invite you to leave us a review. As you know, I'm interviewing on some episodes. Some episodes are Kate and I, some episodes are solo episodes. So I'd love some more feedback to, you know, learn what is resonating with you and why. That means a lot to me. So let's get right to it. This just really impactful exchange with Gabby Bernstein. I cannot tell you, Gabby, how much I've been looking forward to having a conversation with you. I have been, I feel like a fan from afar for a long time. It's weird. I feel this odd connection to you. Maybe that's just your energy and and your light or something, but I don't think we've ever met or had an exchange in real life, have we? I don't think we have, but it feels like we have because we've communicated and connected. That's what Instagram can do for you. It's like you literally think you're best friends with the person, but you don't. Like, I, I know. know every bikini you've ever, ever worn. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I apologize in advance totally about joking. that then. Oh, my god! No, no, no. The only reason the bikini came up is because I'm always in awe of how good you look. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very, very kind. I want to cover a whole lot of things. I always like to just say, how are you, though? Like, how are you today? I know you're in the booth. You've got your gorgeous little kitty there. But you've also... Been not, I don't want to say going through it lately, but you had this annoying cold recently and that you've been battling. You've been building up to this huge book launch for 
happy days. How are you feeling? I love this question. Thank you so much for asking. (laughs) I Today, I'm feeling good because I had 10 hours of sleep uninterrupted. I have a th- I have a 3-year-old who yeah. is a great sleeper, but in the middle of the night, sometimes he'll wake up because he's peed through his diaper or he'll wake up because he wants me to put his his blanket on him because the kid doesn't know how to put his blanket on himself. And then when I wake up like that, I don't really ever get the deep sleep that I need. So in this process of noticing just what you noticed, okay, I'm not feeling well. I'm really, really busy. I said to my husband, you're doing the nights, please. Or no, I really said, can you please just you know show up for Ollie at night? Because I got to go to sleep and just shut down and know that I don't have to do that. And that my nervous yeah. system can just truly settle. And so I have yes. slept beautifully. My kid is so funny. Ever since I got the kitten, Jimmy Blue, he sees how much love I give to this kitten. So he goes, meow, 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 meow. And so in the middle of the night, he communicates with me in, in meows. And in the middle of the night, he'll go, meow, meow, mommy, meow, meow, mommy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cute. But I didn't so have to do any meow, meows so- tonight. So I feel good today. I feel really good today. You feel good. You feel good. Let's go back just a little to set the stage for people who aren't familiar with your story about kind of where you came from and how you got to this position in your life. I mean, your book, I know in in many ways, which I want you to share about, talks about some of your past trauma and how you got to the other side of that and what brought you to this point in your life. But you really were kind of growing up in a, a spiritual setting, right? Like you and your mom, you did the ashram thing, you were meditating with your mother. So spirituality was part of, you know, the way you were formed as a child coming up as an adolescent. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I was introduced to spiritual principles at a really young age because my mother is a seeker still. She brought me to the ashrams. I was named by the gurus. I was given the opportunity to learn how to meditate when I was 16 really, really meditate. I learned meditation principles early on, but my mom taught me my own practice when I was 16. So that foundation was set for me in the midst of a lot of other negative vibrations, you know? So I was gifted with this spiritual imprint, but also as a child experienced a lot of discomfort as well, which I write about very openly in the book. And I turned my back on that spiritual conditioning in my early 20s and really started to look for ways to numb my discomfort, numb my depression or anxiety. And of course, was bound to find my way to drugs and alcohol, which was a great gift because for me, my drug of choice in my early 20s was cocaine. And by the grace of God, it was that drug of choice because if it was just alcohol or something that I could have maybe managed through more, not that alcohol is very manageable for most people, but cocaine is going to take you down fast. And so I think because it was cocaine, I got I got I got sober quicker because I I just couldn't survive. I was gonna literally die. By no means am I minimizing alcohol because it could be just as detrimental. Nonetheless, I had this beautiful opportunity to be 25 years old and hit my knees with addiction and choose a sober life. And in that sobriety, I started to pick up those spiritual principles again and very quickly realized that the work I was here to do in the world, my mission in this lifetime was to be able to heal myself in the pursuit of my own freedom and inner peace and in turn tell the story along the way. Mm. 
And you've been telling that story, yeah, now for your whole adult life. You've written several books. You've been on many stages. Your your work is far-reaching. It is, you know, international. You've built this huge business, this huge brand, and you've made all of this impact once again. So with this book, though, and this part of your life now, how did you know? How did you know, okay, this is the bir- the book I'm going to birth mm. this time. These mm. are the people I'm trying to reach. This is the story that I'm supposed to now reveal. I've written nine books. Every time I've written a book, there's two things that happen. One, I write that book because it's what I need for my own healing at that time. And two, I know intuitively that it's under this umbrella of a tremendous guidance system beyond me. It's uncanny how each of my books have come out in times when people needed them most. And I didn't even know that. I mean, I wrote this book during COVID, but I sold it way before. So I, you know, I knew that, and I knew that this book had to come out of me. It's just the timing is no coincidence. I mean, it's, it's coming out in the most elegant time because an elegant time frame for the reader, because this is happy days, the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And there's nothing like a pandemic to bring you to your knees and accept that you've got some stuff to clean up and to show you not only maybe it's stuff from your past or even stuff from this present moment, from the collective Mm -hmm. trauma that we have all lived through together. Mm -hmm. So to answer specifically for happy days, I knew I needed to write this book in 2016 because I, at that time, was 36 years old. I had half a dozen or more books behind me. I'd been interviewed on Oprah. Like I had all this stuff going on that looked good on the outside, but I was cracking into something that was terrifying. And I was mm. a workaholic, and I was running, running, running in all these different ways. And I was doing a lot of therapy to try to unpack it and understand it. By the point, I was like 11 years sober. Like There was a lot that I was doing for my recovery and my spiritual practice. But I kept cracking and cracking. And ultimately, I had a dream that I woke up that morning from that dream. And, and the dream was of being, being an adult confronting having been sexually abused as a child. And I woke up and I was like, no, not going to go there. Like, push that down. Never talk about that again. That is way too real. It felt like I woke up and I was, you know, when you have a dream and you wake up and it's like literally as if it happened. But this was yeah. 10 times more because it had And I just said, no, 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 I'm not going to touch that. And a few days later, I went to my therapy. And in that session, I felt I was in a safe enough environment to really fully remember and accept that that was a dissociated memory that had been in my subconscious for decades. And it was the reason I was a cocaine addict. It was the reason I was a workaholic. It was the reason I was so anxious and depressed. It was the reason I was constantly running, running, running. And that became a, you know, part two of my, lifelong recovery. <laughs> it was getting sober was one part, but the next step was right. to really heal the wounds that made me use in the first place. Wow. Did you, when you had that dream, had those feelings and memories been repressed your whole life or was it just one more trigger, a wake up for you to go, it's time to talk about this? I literally didn't know. My body wow. knew you know, my body knew in the sense that like I was constantly hypervigilant and my subconscious knew, but my conscious awareness, I did not know. I did have 
when you dissociate from a memory, like things, specific things are common. So I had these imprinted visual memories, like clips from a movie, or I had sensations, like fear-based sensations around certain people. It shows up in a lot of ways. If you smell a scent, it could really make you like activated, but you don't know why. Mm. So it was always there. I just didn't know. Man. All right, guys, back in a minute. I don't need to tell you that even the best relationships can hit a few bumps in the road, right? And if you've been, you know, listening to this podcast for the last nine months or so, you've had a front row seat to my entire relationship history, you know? I'm in a really, really wonderful place now, but that could not have happened without therapy. I want to tell you about Talkspace. That gives you unlimited access to a licensed therapist. You can clear up any confusion you might be having about your own relationships. You want to be the best person you can be. You want your partner to be the best they can be. I encourage you to talk to someone. Talkspace is a great resource for relationship issues, especially when you don't know what the problem is. You know, struggles and challenges are unique for each of us, but talking to someone who understands that can make all of the difference. Did I mention that you can talk on a schedule that works for you? You don't need to wait for an appointment. And by the way, Talkspace even offers couples therapy. Join Talkspace today. You can start your journey to happier, healthier relationships. Just visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code CAT at sign up. That's $100 off at talkspace.com and it's promo code CAT. From Dear Media and Rom-Com Pods comes a scripted podcast so outrageously inappropriate, we can't believe they let us put it on the air. Meet my best friend, Allie. Like, gross, close best. Hello? Wait, are you peeing? Everyone loves a messy bitch. And Allie's life was about to get a whole lot messier. Maybe 2022 is going to be my year. Yeah, 2022 is definitely not going to be her year. Allie's going to bone, marry, and bury three different people. Get it? Bone, marry, bury? Like, fuck, marry, kill? I just wanted to say that, but it didn't clear legal. Ready to play? Introducing Bone, Mary, Barry, starring Sarah Hyland, Harvey Guillen, and Tommy Martinez. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Bone Mary Berry is brought to you by Sakara, Modern Fertility, Blue Land, and Roderm. I would imagine that would be categorized as trauma with a capital T. Um, you talk yes. about this and, 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 you know, the word trauma, I'm so interested in this too, because I, I don't know how much you know, and I talk about this a lot on, on my show is, you know, I... I've had, I think, one of my biggest healing periods of my whole life during the pandemic. Funny you bring that up. You know, it it was the silver lining, I think, for so many people because the world, the universe says, guess what? Sit your ass down. You can't even leave the house. You can't do anything. And mm -hmm. so, so many of us were forced to go in and it was such a gift. I, I'm so grateful for what started out as some really, really painful crap 
that turned into healing and growth and lessons learned and all of these, these beautiful things. But so I started my deep, deep dive. I've always been, you know, getting my Gabby Bernstein and getting my little, you know, sprinkles of spirituality, but not really facing some of my own shit that I needed to face also. So, but that word trauma has come up, I guess, more than ever, at least for me, since I have been seeking more than ever and we talk about it and it's in kind of the, the zeitgeist of, of culture right now. But, but what, what is trauma for people? Cause I think people who are listening might might not be there yet or might be stuck or are still a little paralyzed or, you know, I know you write about this in your new book. You know, people are waking up with all this anxiety every day. Why is that? Hmm. How do we identify trauma in our lives, past, micro trauma, what's going on today, all these things that you you have referred mm-hmm. to? Mm. And then how do we jumpstart, I guess? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to just acknowledge you and just let you know that I did witness your growth in the last two years, and I have been following. And it's beautiful to witness people vulnerably cracking open to their truth. And I just want to reflect that back to you, that it has been maybe why I think I know you personally, you know? And it's beautiful to witness people just just tell the truth, frankly. We don't see enough of it. I believe that back to the the fact that this book is coming out in this incredibly timely moment, that's not my work. That's God's work. <laughs> there was no accident behind this. What trauma with a big T, as you mentioned, trauma with a big T is child abuse. It's sexual violence. It's any form of violent attack on one, on a person. It's It's tragic events. It's repeated, repeated neglect, the big T traumas, big T traumas. Small T traumas are being bullied on the tennis court or being bullied in the, in the playground, a teacher telling you you're stupid. You know, I shared this example in one of my books about this, this boy I liked in sixth grade and he called me stupid and that fucked up the trajectory of my education, right? So like I never really focused on any kind of furthering of my education or believing that I could be a good student. And so I really leaned into the arts and leaned into other things. And only now, and in, in, you know, 42 years old, I just went through a therapy training called internal family systems and got my CE credits. And now I'm like so thrilled to go on to the next thing. I got so nerdy and all the research I had to do to write happy days, like that's recovery for me because that small T trauma affected me up and even till this point, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Just to acknowledge the small T traumas. So the big T traumas affect us in really significant ways, but so do the small T traumas. And that's why I shared that example, because what you might've been uncovering, maybe you don't identify as having had big T trauma, but what you were faced with in that stillness being sent home without all of the coping mechanisms and the busyness and all the ways we run, and you're left with yourself. You have to look, you had no, we all had no other choice but to be like, whoa, there's a lot up for me that I have to start to look at, yeah. big or small. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I completely, I think, understand what you're saying. And I, I, as someone also who, in a probably very different way, wants to use her reach to help people kind of awaken and start to examine their lives in new ways and, and kind of unlock some things about who they are and where they're going and all of this. I think a lot of people are carrying all those things like you just described 
and don't know what it is. And then that manifests itself, tell me if I'm right or wrong, into that anxiety that everybody's feeling every morning. It's all the things that aren't tended to or they're swallowed or suffocated all our lives and we don't know what it is or where it comes from or how to undo it. But but people are sick from it, not knowing and not maybe being educated. So I know that's very much a part of what you're focusing on right now. Like how do we how do we get to happy? I mean, it's one of the reasons the name of my show is it sure is a beautiful day. I mean, of course not every day is beautiful, but I felt the same pull like you did where it's like people want to look more light and people want to like yeah come out of it a little bit and and see that that the twinkle of what is possible the love at the end of the day that is available to everyone all of these things so yeah how do we what's the work we need to do i guess is what i'm asking the book is called happy days <laughs> so i'm i'm going to take you through it but i i really i joke by saying like oh it's in the book but that's why I wrote this book because yeah. so many people don't have the privilege that I have had to hit my knees so many times to get my ass into therapy, to get my ass into a 12-step program, to get my ass a sponsor, to do the deep inner work because I've hit enough of a bottom. And so many people, their bottom isn't that hard. It's just like, why am I so anxious? Or it's, why does my gut hurt? Or why am I not sleeping at night? But it's not as extreme. And so it, when it's less extreme, you would almost think in some ways it's harder to move forward in life because you don't have this this like debilitating experience and therefore you may not get the help that you need. And so I wrote this book for people who know about their traumas and for those who don't. And bottom line, Kat, we are all traumatized. Every human being has trauma. And what happens is, is for many years, you've been living with and building up these parts of yourself that have been in the pursuit of protecting you from ever having to face or feel into those unresolved wounds. The big T traumas or the small T traumas, it doesn't matter. So what what I been what I now teach and what I practice is in IFS. I practice it on my podcast and in my book. The practice of internal family systems is that we have these exiled parts of ourselves, the child parts that are traumatized like I said, big T or small T. And in efforts to not have to ever feel those parts and touch into those parts, we build up these protection mechanisms. It could be workaholism. It could be drug addiction. It could be raging. It could be overeating. Whatever it is, it could be numbing out. It could be just just you know avoiding connection and relationships since we have all these overwhelm as a protector part. So we have all these different parts of who we are. Typically, we might look at them as like bad patterns, but they're actually a part of who we are that's been protecting us from having to face deeper wounds. And so when COVID hit and we were sent home, a lot of those protection mechanisms, like a lot of those protector parts couldn't even do their thing anymore because they couldn't run by going to million parties or they couldn't run by by working and, and running to the office and then to the podcast and then to the, the TV show or whatever it was. They had they couldn't run anymore. I'm speaking to you right now. Um, they couldn't run anymore and they couldn't be so extreme anymore because they were they were forced to be still. And that's scary for people. We'll be right back. Let me ask you guys, have you heard about pros, pros hair care? 
They believe that there is no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. Um, a product that might work for me might not work for you. And one that might work for you definitely doesn't work for your mom. Thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say I have noticed a difference in my hair. And I feel like you guys have even noticed because I'm getting a lot of comments why this works is because Pros makes custom hair care that is effective, and it is precisely because it is personal. Pros customizes every single product in your routine from your shampoo all the way to your supplements. First, you start out by telling about yourself, you as a person. You go through this in-depth consultation, and I have to say they asked me some kind of unexpected questions. It's not your run-of-the-mill quiz. It's, you know, when did I start getting my gray hairs? Do they run in my family? So some things about my genetics, some things about my lifestyle, how much am I drinking, when am I drinking, this kind of thing, and how all of that plays into what my unique custom routine should look like. They are, by the way, also hugely important to me. They believe in clean and responsible beauty. One of my favorite products that I is really the standout for me right now is their dry shampoo, again, customized for me, but it's got some menthol for freshness. It's got a tapioca starch volume, which kind of gives it that cleaner feeling. There's a witch hazel extract in this product. So I really do love it. And I hope you guys give it a go. It's the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free, by the way, free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash cat. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash cat for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Okay, back to the show now. Do you believe as a godly woman and a spiritual person do you believe like the pandemic and and the and the consequences of it in some ways and what you're describing where where people had to awaken in many ways spiritually do you think that was all divinely done i'm going to say yes i'm going to say yes and 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 then with and okay so i'm going to okay. explain it in my own my own belief system and i'm not putting this onto anyone. But I do believe that when the pandemic hit, we had two choices. We could numb out more, you know, drug, drink, porn, hide, TV, food, whatever. Or we could wake the fuck up and we could start to, you know, do what you did. Face I did both, by the way. I did part one many of us did and both. part two. Many of us did yeah. both. Many of us did both. Yeah. And many of us just stayed in one, or many of us are now facing into two. You know, it's it's not too late. It's never too late. <laughs> right. So, right. but we had those two choices. And as it relates to this spiritual perspective of the pandemic, I don't believe that necessarily like God was like, oh, let me give them a pandemic to like figure. But I do believe that it was a moment of awakening for many souls because there are so many of us that had been walking around so numb and so busy 
and so protected from deeper things. This was an opportunity for so many and those of us that chose to crack into it and deepen our connection to ourselves, to a connection to our well-being, a connection to our spiritual life, a connection to others. So I believe it was a, a divine spiritual assignment that we all were given and it was like, how are you going to show up for it? Can we talk a little bit about alcohol and drugs in general and some mm-hmm. of those things you mentioned? Because again, that's a topic we kind of tend to come back to on on this program. And some of that because selfishly, I've been taking my own inventory of how alcohol is a part of my life, what character it plays and how it affects me. And so, you know, there's a great interest from a lot of listeners as well who are starting to assess where they are with drugs and alcohol. And as someone like yourself who's 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 been there? Who's who's battled? Who's come the other side? I'm just curious because the point where I am at the moment is well, you know, you hear a lot. Well, unless you're an addict or unless you're an alcoholic or all these labels, then what's what's the problem? You know, mm. what is the mm. you know what, what's the issue? Is there an issue? And mm. what is your take on the I guess effects of even just alcohol, on people's lives, you know, even mm. if it's casually. Because, I mean, there's the scientific piece and there's the physical piece and wellness piece, but then there's like, I'm just personally this place where it's like almost experimental. Like, if I didn't drink alcohol and I completely, you know, extracted that from my life, would my life be that much more optimal? Would I be, like, what would I, what would be possible? It, yeah. It's almost like just, like, I'm so curious. Now, I haven't done it yet, but I think people are curious. And I just wonder what your feelings are and what your beliefs are about mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful stuff. question. It's a beautiful question. So first, let's talk about how you know that you're addicted, okay? The, the first thing that you'd sort of take an audit of when you look at your patterns is, am I powerless over this substance and has my life become unmanageable. And this is part of the 12-step work. Powerlessness looks like I can't get through the day without a drink. Powerless looks like I'm at a party and there's no way I could get through the party without having a drink. Powerless is I need that drink to be social, right? Unmanageability is I couldn't get my kid to school on time because I was so hungover. Or an unmanageable example would be I stopped showing up for work because I was hungover, right? Or mm-hmm. I crashed my car because I was driving drunk. So those are the extreme examples that we would use to identify the addiction. But then there's this sort of low-grade addiction that does go completely undiagnosed and un- unrecognized because it may not be so unmanageable and so powerless, but it might be slightly unmanageable and slightly powerless. And that might be what you're looking into right now. It's like, mm. like you're maybe you're waking up and you're more foggy than you otherwise would be if you were sober or if you weren't drinking. Or you may be, you know, and I, I would go to your own inquiry, Kat, and just look at how is this unmanageable and how am I powerless? And it may not be so extreme that you need a 12-step program, but it may be enough that you're like, I think I need to look more closely at this pattern and identify some ways to resolve why I think I need this. Because underneath, Mm. I believe all addiction 
is a way of running from tra- from unresolved trauma. That's a great way to describe it, the low-grade, this low-grade version of a issue. It doesn't have to be so blaringly devastating to yeah. still be something to examine. It could just be physical. You know, my husband yeah. is a total non-addict, right? Like he's extremely even-keeled, super steady, the opposite of me. <laughs> Although I'm very steady these days, but I'm, you know, I have a very like explosive, exciting personality that wants to like get into it all, right? And he's super steady. And he decided a few months ago to just try out no longer drinking. And he was the kind of guy that had like a glass of wine each night or a few beers or just casual. I mean, he'd never be drunk. I'd never saw him drunk ever. It was sort of like dessert, you know? And he said, okay, well, I'm going to just cut that out. And he started sleeping better, looks 10 years younger. I'm not kidding you. He looks 10 years younger. He's calling me right now as we're talking about it. I love that. (laughs) I'm going to hang up on you, buddy. Okay, well, he hears me. I love that. Um, but he's he looks 10 years younger. He's sleeping through the night beautifully. He's getting more done. He's just, you know, noticing he can build muscle faster. Everything just is lighter for him. And in his case, because he's not an addict, he started drinking these like non-alcoholic beers. There's like a fancy non-alcoholic beer right now. I'm not going to make this like an ad for that by any measure. And I do not recommend non-alcoholic beverages for actual addicts that are in sober recovery because it will take you out. It's like, you know, you t- the taste will take you out. Yeah. But in his case, he's not like addicted to this. He just wanted to have the experience of it. And so mm-hmm. he's doing fabulous. And so it's even though he wasn't an addict, he noticed that this was making his life unmanageable because he wasn't sleeping well and he was waking up tired and he wasn't, you know, looking as great as he is now. And, you know, like, so there's a lot of different ways to address your patterns. And then in Inside Happy Days, I mean, I just take it to the next level where I really guide the reader to look at their triggers, the way they feel about when they get triggered and the way that they run from the trigger. So Mm. if someone's like, I'm an addict or maybe I'm using alcohol as a a way of numbing out and I'm not an addict, but I'm using alcohol too much, you could do that exercise in the first chapter. I think it's a chapter two where you literally are like, what am I triggered by? Like, what's the trigger? What What is usually activating for me? How do I feel when I'm activated? And then what do I do to avoid that feeling? Yeah. Don't move. It sure is a beautiful day. We'll be right back. If you listen to the show, you know I have told you about Claire in the past, but I am here to tell you once again, I received my paint. It was delivered right to my door and it is absolutely beautiful. If you don't know about Claire, it's a new online paint brand that makes paint shopping super simple. It takes the hassle out of all the shopping with just a streamlined selection of designer curated colors. It's got a mess-free peel and stick paint swatch option and premium paint and supplies. Like I said, delivered straight to your house. You don't even need to get in your car and mess with the paint store anymore. I love this company because it is female founded. Its founder and CEO also happens to be an interior designer, which is cool. She saw that the, you know, the traditional paint shopping experience was super outdated, full of hassle 
and she decided to create a better brand and a whole new experience that, like I said, is easier. It's more convenient. It's more inspiring, to be frank. Claire makes picking your paint colors really easy. If you're like me, I it's like anytime I go shopping, I go into a store and I get so overwhelmed that I just kind of give up and turn around and go home. If you need help choosing your color or you can't commit, you get to try the Claire Color Genius. It's this easy, fun, two-minute quiz. It's like having an interior designer help you choose your paint color. You answer a few easy questions about your space and your style, and Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. I really do like those um, the swatches that you can just peel and put on the wall too, and they're not very small. They're actually quite large, so you can get an idea for how the paint color is going to look on your walls without actually getting a sample and painting it on your wall and then having to paint over it, you know, when the people come over. So you get the idea. Claire is amazing. So you guys visit Claire at Claire.com slash cat to get started. You get to use code cat to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. That's www.claire.com slash cat with code cat for $5 off. And now back to our conversation. Speaking of your husband and your family, and I don't know if it's the irony of happy days, but you're, and here I'm using the word birth, birthing a book, happy days, while having just gone through some really, really heavy stuff personally. You are a mother of a three-year-old, but for people who don't know, you were pregnant with a little boy. Owen, I believe is what you said Mm -hmm. his name was. I'm curious how, you know, people look at someone like yourself who meditates and has a spiritual practice and is, you know, on this pedestal in so many ways, helping others, but who is also very human, you know, at the end of yeah. the day. And and you've gone through some, what I can only imagine is some shit, you know? And I guess my question is just how you are doing and how you and your husband are recovering from, from I don't even know if you would describe it as a loss. I'm curious for you to describe. Yeah how you have reconciled what happened. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing it up. And I I think it's a real testament to the practices that I preach because I want to share what happened and then share the beauty on the other side of it. So during 2020, I started a year-long journey with IVF. I did eight or nine rounds of treatment, which is a lot. If you're, if anyone's familiar with IVF, that's a lot. And in a year, in one year period, not like over three years or something. By the end of it, I really advocated for myself and was like, yo, you're, you're pumping me with too many hormones. I'm 42 years old. Like, stop and give me less medication. And I listened to my intuition. I literally heard this in a meditation. And then they get, did a low stimulation round. And that's when I got my perfect embryo, one embryo. And I kept saying, all you need is one. And it was my baby, Owen, who I became pregnant with when we did the transfer. It was like this beautiful, epic moment of transferring this embryo into me. I was pregnant for five and a half months. It was a really uncomfortable pregnancy. I was like really nauseous and sick and it was pretty crappy. And by the time it started to feel a little bit better, I went to my 20-week scan and the baby was alive, but he wasn't growing. He wasn't 
getting what he needed from, it turns out that he wasn't getting what he needed from my placenta. So he was a healthy little guy, but he wasn't getting what he needed from me. So I had to, at five and a half months, which is most, most, you know, more than half of the way through, I had to do a DNE, which is an abortion. And I had to let him go. And what's crazy, Kat, is I was two weeks away from that being illegal. And so mm-hmm. if I hadn't, but was it, I think 40, I think, I think it was 24 weeks or something like that where you can't yeah. do it anymore. And right. I would have had to carry a pregnancy with an alive child. And that's, that's a whole other podcast, sister. We oh. will get to that. But, you know, in New York where I live, yeah. I had the ability to, you know, to get, to get, to take care of this and mm-hmm. to take care of him and let him go safely and let my body be safe. And I don't believe it would have been safe for me if I had kept going, if he had stayed in my body. Mm-hmm. So. That was extraordinary grief, grief I'd never known, grief I'd counseled women through for decades. Really, the advice that, and the beauty of it was I came out and I realized all that advice I'd been giving the women over the years really works because mm-hmm. when I had to turn it on myself, I was blown away by how secure I felt in my system. I felt like I fell into this pillow of faith. And it's all a testament to every single word in Happy Days because that book and all the devotional commitment that I've made to my trauma recovery, to my addiction recovery, to just being human and recovering from the human condition, to come out the other side and be free and have a strong spiritual faith and feel steady in my system, wow, it works. And so what's so beautiful about that is that I could look back and say, well, this is what you've been training for, you know? And to really say like that now I know that I can touch into what grief is and really teach people the process and the journey of moving through grief with grace. And most importantly, hand them my book and say, here's what you do so that when you're hit with something that's unresolved or tragic or a memory or a trauma or a loss, you're steady. Mm. God, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. You have the tools because you Mm. already found the gift and the beauty and you fell into that beautiful pillow of faith. But for the average person, you know, that can send people spiraling for a very long time having gone through something like that. It's real hard to get off the floor. Yeah, it's hard Um, to get off the floor when you don't have that foundation of faith. That's right. When you don't have the foundation. So, what advice would you give people who, once again, maybe just are are hurting and just are in pain or whether it was, you know, something that devastating or otherwise to try to turn that around and not be mad at the old universe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of us are free from suffering. And some of us that have had more than others. And sometimes those of us who have had more than others are more free than anyone could be because we've had to face it harder if we did choose to face it. But but if someone's in an acute crisis in this moment right now listening, my advice would be to, one, be very present with where you are in this moment and what your feelings are, the outrage, the disappointment, the frustration. Just let yourself recognize and honor all that is up for you. Be compassionate towards all those parts of you that just need to be mad, be 
scared, be disappointed. All the while, do your best to stay open to creative possibilities. Because that mentality of, instead of being in a victim mentality, which is, if you're there for a little while, that's cool. You know, just don't stay there too long. Because instead of being in a victim mentality, what if you were in a optimistic mentality of, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? What creative possibilities might be revealed to me? I can't tell you how many women I've heard from when I shared about this experience and said to me, I lost my baby boy when I was, you know, 20 weeks or whatever it was. And thank, you know, I thank God every day that, that I went through that because now I have this little girl who I adopted that is my child, you know, or I had another child X years later, or I just, you know, went through this and learned all this. And so there's so much more that is to be revealed. So if you just, in that moment, you know, you're getting the divorce and you're like, my life is falling apart. How can I deal with this right now? I'm never going to find love again. Okay, you know, move through those experiences, face into the feelings, do a book like Happy Days so that you undo the patterns from your past. You don't attract the same kind of partner, but stay open to the creative possibilities because in a year from now, you could be married to somebody else, you know, or you could be a lesbian. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? So there's so much. I mean, we see it all the time. So there's so much in that <laughs> that we have to really recognize. And for me, in this experience of losing my son, right now, three months later, with this extraordinary extraordinarily important book that I know I owe it to the world to put everything I can into making sure that people hear it and find it. I would have been delivering in a few weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. And when I look at that, I'm like, okay, that would have been a lot. That would have been a lot, especially like if there was any kind of problem. I, you know, and so I I know that I have a mission in this lifetime to be a parent to two children, but I also have a mission to serve souls. I have a deep, deep mission to serve at my highest capacity. Damn. I love I love what you said about you don't know what is about to be revealed. I think that's definitely something that I have learned at this stage of my life, midlife. You know, I was very guilty, like so many people, of, you know, the pattern and the recycling of old patterns and the, you know, choosing not for my greatest, highest self, I guess, and being on all the wrong frequencies over and over and over again. But then pain hits and it is a beautiful thing. For the first time in my life, I didn't go on to the next to repeat the same thing. I actually, I, I sat it out and I, because of the pandemic again, but because I think timing-wise I was ready. But as bad as those feelings feel and as hard as grief is to endure, and it really is, I'm just sharing this because for anybody listening, like what you're saying, I, I am living proof that that is, that is the formula because if you sit with it long enough and you just hold out with the belief that the universe is going to deliver you what you need once you have learned that lesson then the gifts do arrive it's like they do show up but it's not 
going to happen necessarily overnight. I just want people to hear that because it, it's really freeing to start to apply what you've learned. By the way, yeah. then you have to apply some of that because I'm now in a mm-hmm. new relationship as a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I've done all the hot yoga and I've read all the books and I've you know done the meditations and I've I've had my healing season. But then you also get the nice gift of now you have to go out and actually practice what you've learned and you've earned a new relationship and it's healthier Mm -hmm. and you've got this great human being. But you are you going to react like you used to or are you going to use those new tools you have? It's it's you know, I don't know if you feel this way, Gabby, but I, I like I. I really get off on it, all this. Just growth is so cool. It's actually it's cool, so cool to like, to see how it all starts to come together. And then you're, there's such a liberating feeling when you can just go, oh, this is all part of it. It's all part yeah. of it. It's just such an opportunity. It's like such an offer if you can lean into it. Yeah. And you know, you're in this new relationship right now. And so instead of going into it being like, oh no, am I going to go back to my old patterns? Instead, show up for it and see it as a spiritual assignment to strengthen your new patterns. Yes. And it's, it's so much of this is about being the witness of our patterns and yeah. having the tools to put something in place of our reactivity and to begin to interrupt those patterns while we're simultaneously healing what lives beneath them. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what's so cool about Happy Days because it's a journey of healing what's under, underneath the patterns, but it also is 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 peppered with all these incredible methods for self-soothing in the moment, right? Because it's like, okay, I'm on this big journey to heal these wounds and like, I'm not going to do it overnight, just like you said. Like, you're not going to become a different attachment style overnight and have a totally different, you know, point of view or attitude or whatever, but you've you're doing the work with your therapist, you're doing the work on your own, whatever it is that you're doing in your hot yoga, whatever it is. And then you have these tools and methods that you can use to spot check along the way. Yeah. And when we have a toolbox like that, we can be going through a lot, but still have fun along the way because we're not in such an extreme reactive state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we talk about purpose a little bit? Purpose? Yeah. I was going down the Gabby Bernstein rabbit hole, of course, on on the internet. (laughs) I was watching old videos. I was looking back, you know, like when you like came on the scene with your career and everything. And I remember watching you on stage with the Super Soul Sunday, you know, address one of them. I think it was the one universe, the universe has your back. And I I remember watching you walk on stage. And I, as someone who's been on TV and, and had a career in media, I'm like, this woman, I'm like, you are, you know, poised and confident and, you know, the way you execute and the way, I mean, I'm just like, wow, just freaking flawless. As someone, you know, as far as industry stuff goes, I was like, she has such a command of the audience. She's connecting on every level. I'm just like, but what came to my mind was like, oh, she's been called. She has been, that's what that is. Like she is, she's out there because she is in her freaking purpose. And this is what she was intended to do. I mean, that's what I saw. Yeah. Is that how it felt? Because again, back to we're all human. I mean, to go from 
being, you know, addicted to cocaine one minute and on super low and not knowing what your your life's work would be and, you know, being in a, a darker place and then to like flip that and see you on stage and, you know, working with Oprah and all the people you've collaborated with and everything and just to be just so just the shine is unreal. Is that how it feels? Is that how it feels for you? Is that where you get your confidence? Mm. Yes, sister. Yes. And I just want to first say you're moving me to tears. I'm so grateful that you, you know, what I always say is like what you see in others is a reflection of yourself. And so if you picked that up in such a deep way about me, it's a reflection of you first. Oh, man. So thank you deeply. Now I'm going to cry. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it means a lot that you felt that. And I've always had this, 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 voice in the back of my head, it's Joan of Arc saying, I am not afraid. I was born to do this. Mm. For me, I've I've always known that there was transformation that I have had to undergo and continue to undergo for my own my own freedom. And now, right now, with this book more than ever, I was talking to my therapist just last night about this. I just kept saying, I'm so tired and I've got so much work and I I just keep showing up and I'm doing everything I can to keep my system safe and steady and meditating and trying to get as much sleep because I'm on mission. I told her, I was like, I'm on mission. And I've never, I've always felt that, but I've never felt it more than I do now. I've never, ever felt it more than I do right now because so many people are suffering. And the more clean I get in my system, in my internal system, the less about me it becomes And it becomes even more and more and more about the service of the work. And that conviction is in every print of this book. And that conviction is just so, so deep for me in this moment. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that this is a book that lands into the hands of those who need it and do everything I can to share the principles for free as much as I can, and to just show the fuck up even more than I ever have before right now. Because this is a crisis. We are living in a moment in time when people are suffering more than ever. People are losing loved ones, losing their homes, crisis everywhere, trauma reactivated. And this is the moment with this blasting open of so many individuals cracking open to the desire to change that I want to swoop in to whoever is the reader that desires my guidance and say, I have a plan. It works. I hope this reminds you you're not alone and that there is a journey and a path forward. Here it is. Enjoy. I cannot thank you enough. I know people listening are just moved and I just feel so grateful to have had you and and lots of love. Gabby, thank you so much. Thank you, sister. I can't wait to hug you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.